KTAR breaking news alert. We're going now to share Paul Pinzone addressing the media about threats to election officials. You're conscientious that by speaking about it publicly too frequently, not only are you giving um, recognition and oxygen to those who, who do these things that are despicable, but you could also be jeopardizing investigators' opportunity to, to have a, a step ahead of those that are carrying out these types of um, unforgivable acts. At the same time, it can also put those who are being threatened in harm's way, them and their family. It draws more attention on them. So I remember on election night or maybe you know around that time frame, it's somewhat of a blur now, there was a particular media outlet that asked me about some threats, and, and uh, I said, we're not going to discuss them. And they said, that's not very transparent, and my response was, you're right. It's not because we lack transparency. It's just that because if I am to share these things during the course of an investigation, everything I just described to you becomes, you know, it's in jeopardy. And that's not the type of leader that I'm going to be for this organization. That's not the type of um, investigators and deputies we have committed to this organization. We care first and foremost about the safety of others. And we also care about being thorough and detailed investigators so we can prosecute people who, who do things that are in violation of the law. So I'll touch just a little bit on... This last election, have there been threats? Absolutely. Uh, has it been against any one singular individual? No. Those threats were cast broad and wide, and they were irresponsible, and they were arrogant, and they were selfish, and they were criminal. And our investigators are hard at work to determine who's responsible for these types of threats and what the uh, capability is for them to carry out the potential threats. A lot of these things came from folks out of state. And I think I said at one point in time in one of the news conferences that Arizona is doing just fine. And although we may have our differences and we may see things, things that go on here that maybe uh, cause us concern, we do not need interference from people outside of the state to tell us how to run an election or what elected officials are um, deserving to be in their positions. We get to choose. You don't. And you don't get to threaten the people that lead this state. That's unacceptable. And we're not going to tolerate it. So um, if you're going to ask me about anybody in particular, I'll do my best to give you an honest and direct answer, but I'm not going to go in conflict with what I just described to you, and I hope that you can understand that. So who would like to go first? Uh, We haven't haven't, uh, arrested anyone or filed any indictments as yet, but I can tell you that our investigators uh, continue to look into any and all aspects of of, uh, these types of threats. Um, I think that you know, I've spoken before about those who are either leaders or in positions to speak publicly. And some of the things that they're saying provoke others to feel as though they should act. And, and then, you know, you see this having more life than it should. It should, be, uh, it should never have occurred, but it should sure as heck be long over by now. Um, but some are giving life to it, and that's, that's not only unfortunate, but it's irresponsible. Well, let me put it into context first. I've been on both sides of this. You know, I've been in this business a long time, and in, 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 you know, my past, I have been on the side where uh, threats were, were lodged against me. And the only reason I say that to you is because Chairman Gates was relocated for one night, and I know that was already discussed. And that was my, by, by my, I wouldn't say directive, but um, I told him I thought it was in his best interest for one reason. 
I'm always going to err on the side of overreacting to keep people safe, much like what you saw at the recorder's office. And until I felt that our detectives had a chance to get their arms around any potential threats that may do harm to him or his family, I was not going to allow for them to be in harm's way. So that was a, uh, a circumstance where we felt we wanted to be overly aggressive for his safety. Uh, regarding the details of, of that particular, what led to that, I won't tell you it was any one singular thing, and, and I won't disclose anything regarding that investigation because uh, we want to hold people accountable, and they can hide behind their keyboards and, and have this kind of keyboard courage, and, and they can use technology to disguise their false bravado. Uh, but at the end of the day, the people who have to lead this, this state and this nation are the ones who oftentimes are uh, in harm's way and at risk to those cowards, and we have to take a stand against it. And that means even... Even the people who politically maybe um, didn't see the outcomes they were hoping for. Have some courage and speak out and say these types of threats aren't okay against our opponents any more than they wouldn't be okay against us. And I think when we we unite in that manner, then we'll be a better state and a better nation. Um, so I apologize. I can't really give you specifics on that social uh, post. Uh, and again, I, I take call it responsibility or whatever you want for the relocation of, of Supervisor Gates and his family for one evening to make sure that we had a better grasp on any potential threats against him. You're listening to Sheriff Penzone providing deep details on threats to election yeah. officials on KTAR. All good. I asked who it once. I was my yeah. um, I can't chew gum and walk at the same time, so I can't answer two questions at once or remove the second one. I'm just wondering, um, from what you've seen as the intensity of threats right now, you know, after this election, more intense, less intense, about the same as it was in 2020? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think that... Um, People have become very comfortable with utilizing technology to their advantage when they want to do things that are as disrespectful and unacceptable as, as post threats like cowards from you know from distant spaces. So I just think that there's been a natural escalation because the folks feel emboldened and they have people in office or running for elected office who are empowering them and it needs to stop. So do I think that you know any certain factors have kind of created this escalation? I just think it's growing on top of itself until we, we do something to stop it from moving forward. And right now, the momentum um, is kind of at that tipping point where we're going to work hard to push it back. And, and those who want to do bad things want to push it forward. Uh, but I don't think there's any one thing that occurred here in Arizona from the last election that suddenly made it more of a comfortable practice. I just think that there's bad people that use technology in bad ways. How often would you say a situation like the one with Sheridan Gates has happened previously when you have multiple locations for the safety. Is that something that is, you would say is common for somebody that is a high elected official like him, or would you say that's something that doesn't really happen that frequently? Well, I, I think that it probably happens with more frequency than it should. I just think it's getting a lot more exposure right now. Uh, and that's not a, like a, a point that you guys are criticizing. I just think that kind of global... Everybody, everybody suddenly thinks they're a journalist. Everybody thinks that they have the power to, to post their thoughts on, online and, and that their words matter more than somebody else's. So it's becoming more commonplace. Now, I've been the sheriff for almost six years, so I've been through really what, three election cycles, I guess, not counting my own. I mean, when I was actually in the seat of being sheriff in last election, nobody knew about all the resources that we dedicated to different elected officials on both sides of the party line and at all different levels, not just county officials, but you know, state officials who live in our jurisdiction. Uh, I dedicated a lot of resources to ensure their safety because of protesters believing it's acceptable to go to an elected official's home, which it is not. Um, people feeling as though that threats should intimidate elected officials to do what they want, not what's, what you know the elected official chooses to do or what's right. So law enforcement is suddenly more burdened with this, and it is a common practice. But I just think that this particular most re recent circumstance um, is, is getting a lot of exposure, but it, it's... Uh, 
it's unfortunately one of one of many we've dealt with. You guys are probably very upset with me today because I'm not giving any good sound bites. It's all lengthy, but that's my tactic. I'm going to filibuster. What Any else? significant differences from the primaries versus, the, you know, if you're in November from back in August to here, did you say it got worse or it got better? Or what would you say the differences were from August to November? Yeah, I think that the last election in some ways, you know, caught us by surprise. So I think that the the volume of folks that showed up at the recorder's office and tried to create some unrest, we were, you know, we were responsive versus proactive. I think this time we were better prepared to mitigate it. But, you know, a presidential election when everyone in the nation feels impacted, is, is a heck of a lot more robust and, and people feel a lot more passionate about it. This election, although there were some federal offices at, um, at stake, it really was a state election. So, um, you know, there, there were some noise, but it's nowhere to the gravity of, of a presidential. So in many ways, we saw this as as preparation for the next one to let people know in Maricopa County, we will run fair and free elections and law enforcement will hold the line to protect the people in polling places. And that's not going to change. We're just going to keep getting better at it. All right. That's uh, part of a press conference. Sheriff Paul Penzone uh, providing details on threats to election officials. He says the threats were made against all different uh, people. And uh, some of these threats, a lot of these threats, he said, came from out of state. And that's the problem we had with the last thing, right? With Trump, so many of these people that end up getting charged had zero to do with our elections. Right. They're not part of our elections. They didn't vote in our elections. But because they're so caught up in this, the world's coming to an end and this is being stolen from us, they go and do something where they're threatening people. Where you've got to have our elected officials hiding. Yeah. Well, Bill Gates, in charge of the elections in Maricopa County, uh, joined Arizona's Morning News and said, listen, I'm not hiding. Let me be clear right at the beginning. I'm not in hiding. Uh, I've, I, I'm down at McTech every day, our tabulation center with our great elections workers. So just want to clear that up. OK, OK. But you were removed from your own home yeah. for the night. And Penn Zone said, listen, we want to get you out of your house. There's got to be, you know, some intelligence that we have that says you're in danger. We're, we're removing you and your family from your place of residence. That's a big deal. So, you know, I would say to Bill, no, no, you're not in hiding. You're not. But you've been removed from your house because some crazy out there decided that they were going to threaten you, and that's just horrific. You remember, uh, we had Fontes in here, and Fontes talked about the fact that he's got security now, clean for his family and things of that nature. That's where we are at this point. Right. There, you know, that I need people to protect my kids, and what do I do? I oversee elections. It's amazing. Uh, a little more from Gates earlier today. I'll put it this way. When the sheriff suggests that uh, I spend the night somewhere else, I do it. Yeah, you do it. And you don't argue Again, it. You're not you're... hiding. They're asking you to do something because they yeah. fear that something may happen. Yeah. Remember, I mean, this this has happened. People have been attacked before. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked in their house. Uh, we had a Republican congressman shot on a baseball field practicing for like a congressional ball game. Yeah. So, I mean, people have been attacked. I, I, don't, I think the Gabby Giffords thing was uh, that guy was mentally he, disturbed. He, right, I think it was a lot of other, uh, you know, I mean, things that went into that. But the reality is, is if you're in the public eye now, especially in this position where these things are, I mean, it makes you seem like when you go back and look at the days of Pablo Escobar, where like 43 people ran for president and 42 of them were killed. Right. You know, it's like, what? It's I, nuts. I also think Penzone made a really, I mean, he didn't necessarily uh, 
outright say it, but he basically is blaming some politicians who lost to shut their mouth. Actually, let me change that. To actually speak up and say... Everything was okay. Yeah. We you need to move on. Yeah. You don't so, shut your mouth. You actually speak up and say, no, 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 no. People, this is not who we are. It's right, not what we're about. Right, 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 right. And Penzone, in a matter of saying, is, is that those who are not speaking up, those who are not, you know, those who have lost and want to just keep complaining and whining and moaning, they're empowering the crazies. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do it. Because, because they don't know that what you're doing is political kabuki theater. Right. That you're doing something to keep your name out there, to raise money. They don't know that. All they hear is, you've been cheated. I must right your wrong. Right. And again, what we talked about a little earlier, the attorney general's office wants to talk to Maricopa County about what happened with the tabulation machines and the printers. Fair. Totally fair. Totally fair. But coming out, putting videos out. After the great lost, honking. If you've lost an election and saying it was rigged and then your voters were fran- disenfranchised, it, the, 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 the facts don't back that up. Nope. If you wanted to vote, you could vote. You were inconvenienced and it probably took a lot longer, but no one told you you couldn't vote. So hopefully some of these politicians will move on. Because I'm, I'm I'm bored with them. It's yeah. the same. I mean, the, I you think know, most people don't are. use the playbook from 2020 and Trump. Yeah, because how did that the one work? that lost, by the way? Yeah, again and again and again, they've lost. Uh, and that's where I keep coming back to. You're an election denier. We didn't vote for you, and I think good for Arizona and good for the rest of the nation. All right, coming up next. Will inflation steal Christmas? Oh, jeez. This is just first the Grinch, now this. I My know, God, I know. It's all coming up. The Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question. Brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right. Go to KTAR.com. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question of the day. Do it. So uh, I ask, uh, the holidays are here. Happy holidays. When do you decorate for Christmas? All right. A, before Thanksgiving. B, after Thanksgiving. C, bah humbug. Um, oh, so the uh, well, number one answer is uh, after Thanksgiving, about 59 yeah. percent uh, over the weekend. I was putting up uh, uh, the stuff outside. I was getting a because this is because uh, you got your lights already. I got my AZ trim light. Yeah. Unbelievable lights. I, unbelievable. People, people have come up to me. I, I got to get those. Those are unbelievable. They, you know, they will, my neighbors look at the house. But for us. You know, in my neighborhood, this is uh, this is a two week project. <laughs> yeah. This is a two. Well, week, you guys do it big. We do it big. Uh, I'm probably out there every morning for at least a couple hours trying to get it all done. So uh, for us, at least uh, after Thanksgiving, uh, no, we got to start before uh, Thanksgiving. All right, uh, let's see the inflation issue. Dang. You know, I, I will say this: hey, you've no- noticed the lower gas prices, right? Yeah, still okay. the highest uh, I think in history when oh, it I'm comes not happy to about uh, it, but... when it comes to Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, but they are lower than they've been in a long time. Yeah, okay, because I, I think we need to at least acknowledge uh, uh, that uh, you got to you got to you know you got to look for a win. You know what you, gotta... you do. Uh, yeah. So will inflation steal Christmas? Okay, so inflation is That's still a big high. Question. I know inflation is still high. Uh, prices are still high. I think people are, are certainly have been or will be putting their you know budgets together on what are we going to get people and I'm just I'm just asking the question. I wonder if inflation could steal Christmas because shoppers are going to find a way around it. They're going I think well, they're going to have to. We haven't slowed down right now the way we thought. I mean now granted it's some 
disposable income now is going more towards the goods that you would, you know, like food and sure. things like that. Sure. So uh, do I think it'll steal Christmas? I think there's a chance. I think the rail thing may steal some Christmases, too. So the rail strike, yes. which could uh, cause the U.S. to lose $2 billion a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And steal Christmas in the sense that you're not getting something, but you may not get it for a while or maybe more expensive. I think you got to just hunt for deals. Yeah, that's it. I think, I mean, that's the usual thing that I think most of us try and do. But I think, you know, if, if, because what is it? Uh, The the Turkey Day dinner is up 20% this year. Yes. Okay. I just found out we were having 23 people at the house. Fantastic. I'm going to be eating at a diner or something like that with my family as we <laughs> go to Jack's hockey games. Very excited about In Cali? That. Cali, okay. baby. I'm going back to Cali. Love to it. To Cali. Love it. Yeah. So we're going to have 20. Boy, is that going to cost me a... Becky Lynn, it's going to cost me a fortune. It's going to cost you literally for, an arm and a leg. For Thanksgiving. An arm and a wing. Goodness gracious. 23 people? How many birds do I have to buy for 23 people? Wow, that is a lot. That's a lot you're of dishes. To buy, you're going to have to buy a do? whole new house with multiple ovens. Are you going to have ham, too? Are, you gonna get, are, you, are there going to be other offerings uh, or just straight turkey? How the hell do I know? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I get told by the wife, set the chairs He's up. He's just there to eat. Put I'm the leaf there. in. Put the leaf in that we haven't put in since last year. What is the leaf? Find Somebody else pulls as hard as they can. Oh, the leaf. That's hilarious. Thing doesn't move. No, no, we don't have one of those. So, back to holiday shopping. You try and find the bargains. Are you already shopping, Becky Lynn, for for holidays and for Christmas and all that kind of stuff? We're drawing names. You do, is it different than last year? Yes. What are you doing? We're drawing names. Okay, that means I only have to buy one gift for someone. It, oh, really? And we're drawing on Thanksgiving. Like, good for you. Like one gift for your husband. Or, one gift oh. for one person, and that we have eight people oh, that eight will people. be participating in Christmas. We're drawing names. Everyone will get are one you, nice gift. Are you doing that because of inflation? No, we're doing that because last year was absolutely <laughs> obscene. Yeah. We were opening guilt. packages guilt. for two days. <laughs> She's doing it because of guilt. Yes. <laughs> Christmas I said, guilt. this is ridiculous. Wait, what do you mean you were opening packages I'm for two kidding, days? I'm not kidding because we have somehow gravitated toward having this big bash at our house on Christmas Eve. Okay. My kids invite friends. And now there's significant others over. Oh. So we have like 20 people on Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. So yeah. we used to open gifts on Christmas Eve. So now it's Christmas Day. So we start a little bit on Christmas Eve and then we finish up on Christmas Day. And then we rest and eat and then we finish up. Okay. And I said, this is stupid. <laughs> Nobody needs this much stuff. No, that's smart. Is there is there a price limit on it? Well, we we kind of have to figure that out. We haven't done this. Yeah, because so. you don't want to go and give somebody like a set of screwdrivers that cost you eight bucks at the old Harbor Freight, and they go and get you an Xbox. Exactly. And you, like a, you know, no, like we'll, the movie before Christmas. We will discuss like that. We will discuss that. Okay. Yeah. All but right. I'll let you know how it works out. I actually think it's going to be really good. That way, you'll get you know probably something that you actually want and really need. Yeah. You know, a little bit more thought because exactly. you're only given a gift. Exactly. All right. Uh, inflation stealing Christmas. We'll keep an eye on it. Up next. Becky Lynn's got her 3.30 newscast. Uh, It's time for us to interrupt that. Snark. With Snark. Coming up next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. It's 3.30 and you know what that means. Snark. Time for us to hold up the headlines. Here's Becky Lynn. Arizona votes. The county's top law enforcement official is shedding a little light on threats against election workers. KTAR's Luke Forstner joins us now live in the news center with the story. 
Oh, Becky, uh, like you said, there were multiple online threats made in the wake of the midterm elections, but none specifically against County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates. However, County Sheriff Paul Penzone says he still made the decision to temporarily move him to safety. I'm always going to err on the side of overreacting to keep people safe. And until I felt that our detectives had a chance to get their arms around any potential threats that may do harm to him or his family, I was not going to allow for them to be in harm's way. Penzone adds while investigations into threats are underway, there have been no arrests or indictments yet. Live from the News Center, Luke Forstner, KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. You know, uh, a lot of the people who are threatening uh, our election officials are from out of state. Yep. Are some from Arizona? Yes. But what Penzone said is lots of threats came from out of state. So these are, you know, total losers in life that think if they threaten an election official that things will change or that the vote will go the other way. And all I would say is, listen, your your candidate lost. Shut your mouth. Move on. Move on. Uh, the there was no fraud. There were a couple of problems, certainly with the with the printers. And that wasn't a good situation. No, but it did not stop a single person from voting. You could have voted if you wanted to inconvenience you. Yeah. Maybe. But stop you. No. Hold up the headlines. The Cochise County Board of Supervisors has delayed certifying the November election results after three men claimed some equipment was not properly certified. Three men. The Secretary of State's office stressed it was certified and accurate, adding the office will seek legal action if the county does not certify the results. The board plans to meet on the 28th. That's like when you get a speeding ticket and you go hire an attorney and he's like, when's the last time that thing was calibrated? It was like two and a half years ago. You're on throw this out they're like all right throw it out because you got to recalibrate it all the time that's what they're looking to do throw everything out because this thing wasn't done at the proper time when it was supposed to be three people complain and they hold up the certification of the ballots because of three people you can look into it but it's three people well we live in a world where the flea wags the tail that wags the dog go ahead and look into it and then when you find that you didn't get what you wanted move on okay but if the three people end up being a bunch of liars and they're wrong i say we don't let them vote next time or, you know what? We do, like everything else. We make them pay for any of the legal stuff that they had to go through to stop it. I like it. We're holding up the headlines. It was a razor-thin race right up until the end. Less than two-tenths of the vote separate the two candidates for Arizona Attorney General. Democrat Chris Mays says she knew the race would be close and knows there's a recount coming. She also said she hopes to lead with hope and humility versus divis- divisiveness and chaos. The Democratic candidate's victory falls within the recount margin. So this recount will take place after the election is canvassed on December 5th. Uh, they're going to canvass it. We'll see what happens. They're going to do a full recount. And, uh, you know, if there's ever one that might have had an overturning because they're going to go start challenging everything because they'll have their people in there. It could be this, but it's very, very close. And we're kind of bummed because here yeah. in Arizona, what happens if there's a tie, an absolute tie? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. What if they were to tie and it wasn't a 510 point uh, person lead? Poker. What do you mean poker? Yeah, remember they have to draw a card. Yeah, a hand of poker. I was I didn't know that. Yeah, you guys yeah talk, hand of poker. We talked about the last yeah. week. So what is it? What happens? It that's how wasn't that how Sholo got its name? Yeah. It was a mayoral yeah. race or something mm-hmm. up there, and it came to a tie, and they just literally drew from a deck of cards. Yeah, they played high card, but here you have a choice to go to play an actual one game of of, of poker. 
That's fantastic. Only in Arizona. Well, there, awesome? there was somewhere not too long ago where they, uh, I mean, during this City. session, was that where, where? Johnson City, which I think was like in Missouri or somewhere where they had they, to read. The same thing. Drew a, it was out of a, they drew a name out of a hat. Correct. I don't know what else you do. You flip yeah. a coin. I mean, what else yeah. do you do? Yeah, if you're not going to redo it. Right? Yeah. Well, you're not redoing the whole election. Uh, and by the way, Mays and and Hamaday, 13 days it's been since the votes were cast. Can you imagine the 13 days for those two and their families? Waiting every single night at like six o'clock for the votes to get dumped. I've heard a bit from Chris Mays. I haven't heard a lot from Hamaday. But 13 all. days. That's got to be hell. And every day you wake up and you're like, I'm down by 50. I'm <laughs> up by 200. I'm down by 75. Wasn't I'm up thir- by 400. Wasn't it 31 votes yeah. one time? Yeah. That's amazing. All right, we're holding up the headlines. Arizona House Democrats are asking Governor Ducey to take some action on a state cap on public school spending. KTAR's Brandon King has more on what's being asked of our outgoing governor. The aggregate uh, the aggregate expenditure limit was passed in 1980, a far cry from how school spending is addressed today, according to education advocates. Now Democratic state lawmakers are asking Governor Ducey to call a special session to address the cap. In a video released today, State Representative Rebecca Rios says... It is just flat out wrong to send our teachers and students students into another semester of uncertainty and graveling for what we already approve for them. And the Arizona Department of Education estimates that $1.3 billion could be cut from public schools if that limit isn't lifted. Brandon King, KTR News. You gotta lift it. Let's just get on with this. Why do we do this every time? I don't know. It's like the ridiculousness of when I always think, oh, we're gonna have a government shutdown, and then like the last moment they do it. It's the same thing here. Just get it done. Let's move on with our life and stop playing these games. Amen. Holding up the headlines. World Cup's underway. All eyes, at least locally, are on the USA team. And KTAR's Colton Krolak is live to tell us more. To say the World Cup is huge is an understatement, according to KTAR's own Chad Benson from the Gators and Chad Show. Imagine having 64 Super Bowls for the next month, and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the best players in the world uh, doing their thing, superstars like we could not believe on a level that LeBron dreams of being. Benson, who used to play soccer professionally, compares the World Cup to the Olympics since it only happens every four years. The U.S. tied Wales 1-1 today. They'll play England on Friday and Iran next week. The top two teams out of those four will play each other to advance. Live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Sad, sad. We were up today. Should have won. Dominated the first half. We came out played like we weren't going to lose. We were just trying not to lose in the second half. We gave up a penalty and tied 1-1 against Wales. Sad. I'm just very sad. Very sad. Because that was it. We win this one. I think we're gonna. We were easily gonna go through. Now I think it's gonna be tough. We got to play England. Boy, England you... just laid the pipe to Iran today. Boy, you are just burying the headline. I am. How are you That's... in a news story, Chad? I'm awesome. That, no, I, listen. I've been here 24 years. <laughs> I've never not? once been in a news story. You've been here like be three years. <laughs> we're holding up the headlines. All right. Now listen carefully. Okay. All right. All right. The Supreme Court. You know the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. Like the one in Washington? Yes, uh they have many complicated cases to decide, right? Yeah. Well, one on their docket involves a dog toy and Jack Daniels. (laughs) That's just great. I knew that would get your attention. This is a trademark case. A company has made a plastic squeaky toy called Bad Spaniels. It looks like a Jack Daniels bottle. And instead of the words Old Number 7 brand and Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey that the whiskey bottle has on the label, this dog toy proclaims the Old Number 2 on your Tennessee carpet. (laughs) 
Now, oh. it's not just Jack Daniels that's <clears throat> barking over this one. Oh. There's a number of major companies from Campbell Soup to Patagonia and Levi Strauss that have all urged the Supreme Court to take this on. They say it is an important case for trademark law. You know what? There's something to that. And, and oddly enough, I thought about that today when it had nothing to do with this. When I saw, I'm like, look at the Campbell Soup thing that Andy Warhol painted. Did they get any of the $190 million that the, he painted using their thing? So, yeah, trademark is huge. So it's just a toy that looks like a, a Jack Daniels yep. bottle? Yep. For parody, if you're not making any money on it. And it's re- here's something else really weird. Most, so have you ever gone to a place and they're selling something that's very Star Warsy, but they've added something to it? Most companies will allow you to sell a certain amount of, like, things mm-hmm. as long as you don't get to a certain level. And this, and this is must probably have yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's a, it's probably in every PetSmart and Petco and yeah. Pet Club place across the country now. But it's just funny. Yeah, you know they're bringing up people's lives and everything, Gosh. and it's like. And now the dog toy and Jack Daniels. <laughs> Let's figure this one out. KTAR News ninety two three FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, so the border's a mess. Uh, more of a mess than it really ever has been. Is that fair to say? I would say it's a disaster. Okay. Uh, it's been bad before. I think it's worse now. We have more people that are coming over, whether it's illegally or it is uh, through asylum. But, you know, there was a headline. We read it. We said, you know what? Let's find out more about this. Okay. Are Yuma residents hiring armed guards? Is it so bad that, you know, Yuma is being flooded with migrants. I know it's overwhelming hospitals. It's straining resources. But are there people in homes that are saying, listen, it's dangerous. And now I have to hire an armed guard. Let's find out. Joining us now is Jonathan Lines, Yuma County Supervisor. Jonathan, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Good. So what's the deal? Is this one family? I don't want to, you know, uh, is it 10 families? Is this really? Go ahead. We had three different, we had three different families that live immediately on the border that hired guards to come in and watch over. One of them, um, one of the companies was actually uh, armed guards and I was kind of surprised to find them there. I couldn't tell if the other two uh, that were standing guard were armed or not, but during these surges, and especially um, when people don't want to stay on the border because Border Patrol is so overwhelmed with people coming across, um, <clears throat> people have walked away from the border. They've made their way through town. Um, a lot of these people um, could have been gotaways as well, those people who aren't turning themselves in. Um, but, yeah, the numbers were amazing uh, and still have been amazing. Interestingly enough, though, just a point of clarification, where Governor Ducey put up those containers, uh-huh. that's specifically where two of the homes were, and they have not had to employ those armed guards since then. Okay. However, we have had to uh, deploy additional resources to keep people out of the fields. Okay, so tell me why the families decided to get an armed guard are they are they worried uh, has there been an incident on their property are they scared for their lives is there something that happened that pushed them to go and hire people who are who are going to guard their house and them well you had people coming in through their yards at all hours of the day some people knocking on the door and of course you know living rurally um, where you don't really have any other resources at your beck and call. You're outside of the city limits. You're going to rely upon other law enforcement to get there and being rural. It takes a long time, but the people that were coming across in those areas, 
the numbers were so large that they were seeking refuge anywhere they possibly could. So they had gone into people's homes on uh, two or three different occasions. Most of them were camping out and defecating in their yards. Um, and they had had enough of it. They couldn't keep people away. They left their homes for a couple of days, came back with, with uh, guards uh, to keep people off of the, the premises. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, talking to uh, Jonathan Lyons, Yuma County Supervisor. You know, you said that they wandered into their homes. Were they home at the time? Did they were just sitting there and, hey, there's a person in my kitchen. What are you doing on a couple here? Different, on a couple different occasions, yes, they were. Oh, my God. I mean, no wonder they get guards. And, and are other people asking, you know, can we get guards? I mean, is this something that you think is going no, to you don't continue have a, to explode? You don't have a tremendous amount of people. You don't have a tremendous amount of people who actually live right up. And I'm talking uh, within 100 yards of the international border. That's where these homes are. Right. Um, but I have had a number of people who live out there rurally, primarily in agriculture, say we do not feel safe. Um, so local law enforcement has utilized, uh, stone garden funds. That's an appropriation from Congress in order to enhance the activities of border security. And so the sheriff and other city or municipal police departments have had to ramp up and provide additional assistance to border patrol to keep people um, on the border so that they can be processed there. But yes, there have been challenges. There have been these avalanches in the city of San Luis where people storm the border or come across in a different area um, and then just run into the neighborhoods. And then they were found um, in people's homes um, you know, and then three weeks ago, we had a shooting. Um, a member of Border Patrol um, observed a um, coyote or a cartel member trying to abduct people away from the border Ooh. at gunpoint, and they engaged them and uh, and dispatched that individual who was threatening another person's life. So we continue to see a surge of violence on the other side of the border. You know, there have been over 100 assassinations in San Luis Rio, Colorado, between the cartels that are warring for that area. Um, and then some of the same things happening in the Baja California area, uh, where violence has continued to increase. And it's a shame that these individuals have had to hire security because the federal government is derelict in its duty to provide safety and security. You know, border security is national security. Yeah, yep. We also have a food security issue here. All right. Jonathan Lines, Yuma County Supervisor, thanks for the information and enlightening us on, on what is happening there. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. So they should send him a bill. They should send the White House a bill. Uh, border Patrol's Yuma sector has seen a 171% increase in migrant crossings between 2021 and 2022. 171%. And we're not even at the point where Title 42 goes away. And what does uh, uh, our buddy Doug Nichols Nicholson say? Doug Nichols, the mayor of Yuma. He has said that that is going to get absolutely far worse numbers-wise than we can imagine. All right. Coming up next. Coming up. We've got maybe one of the last editions of Midterm Mayhem. Mayhem. The AG of AZ wants to ask Maricopa County some questions about the election. Is that cool? It's all coming up next.